When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Sam, I believe that red light and those numbers mean that we're recording. All right, how far in are we? Eight seconds. Away there, welcome back to Only Stupid Answers. I ran out of breath. Oh, uh, welcome back to Only Stupid Answers, the best damn podcast you can get your ears in. I can't fucking remember any of the, the intros we say before. Hey guys, welcome back. Uh, this is the podcast where we talk about movies, TV shows, comics, everything that we love. And we, you guys listen to it on SoundCloud and iTunes because we love and appreciate you and then you'd reciprocate by just listening and we enjoy that. Over here, if you look, if you direct, point your eyes to the left is Mr. DJ. Hello, I'm to the left. <laughs> to the, right, shit. Yeah. Well, I mean, you're to, if I'm, I went no, around I'm, the circle, you're to my sh- left. <laughs> I'm to your left I'm right now. And over here on the right-hand side is Sam. Sam. Literally, literally, <laughs> literally, if you turn right now, we'll still be to your left and right. <laughs> no We're matter where you look. Right in the corner of your eye. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, guys, thank you so much for tuning in to Only Stupid Answers. We really love this podcast. Yes. It's a weekly one. Comes out Monday mornings just for in time for your first commute to work. That way we can make your week bearable. You're welcome. If you're in that kind of position where you, you, it's that unbearable that you're listening to us, there may be a sign <laughs> that just maybe check out other options. If there's anything else out there, maybe explore it. Just yeah. explore your options. But while, it for you. You know, maybe try to find something else. But while you're not doing that, thanks for listening. Is that we a good pitch? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, if your life is miserable, uh, maybe find something different. But in case you can't, you have us. Then you, and if Only you, stupid answers. And if you find something better... Tell your friends. Tell your friends about our podcast. Um, but thank you to everybody who's listening right now. I love each and every one of you, especially your lips. Want uh-huh. that to sit in, sink in of how uncomfortable that comment was because that's where I landed. I have you ever had to... anybody ever tell you, "Hey, man, you have nice lips"? No, neither have I. No, I've had. I gone in for a kiss, and someone's been like, "Hey, those are some nice lips." I'm like, "Grandma, why did you say that?" <laughs> uh, but uh, you can, uh, like I said, you can listen to this on SoundCloud and iTunes. We're very soon going to be opening this up to other uh, podcasting listening avenues. We've got some things in the works. And very excited about that. But as of right now, you can go and comment and repost and download this podcast on SoundCloud, but also on iTunes. You can rate and review it, and that we really appreciate it when you do that, because we also get to read those on the show, and I read them on the toilet Yeah, uh, as a little bit of you encouragement. You make Sam's toilet time better. And more less blockage it's smoother. There you go. There smoother. You go. Smoother. Le- <laughs> yeah. Le- Less not smooth. Uh, but I got a comment right here from K. Smithy Smith. Mm-hmm. Please don't go. We're not going anywhere. <laughs> We're, not, We're not going anywhere. We know of. With podcasts like Cloverfields and Superhero Roundup on hiatus, the timing for this podcast couldn't be better. With everything from comics to movies to urban legends to way out, way to the way our universe works, no topic goes unexplored. This is the type of podcast that makes a guy who has never written a review for anything take time to give some love. I'm sorry, boys, but uh, you're going to have to do this until you die. <laughs> and we're prepared for that. <laughs> we're, but thank you. For that. That's so sweet. Because I never, never write reviews. Before. I never write a review either. I don't write comments either. Unless, no. like, unless it's a Flash mm-hmm. Season 3 trailer that came out during Comic-Con and I took time out of my busy uber drive to comment from my phone uh but on this podcast and sam has that con- <laughs> comment right now he's gonna re- no yeah and i have it queued up mm-hmm. uh but right before i take a sip of water dj what have you been into this <laughs> i cheers the mic <laughs> what have you been into this week oh man what have i been into well i've been uh oh you know what i know exactly what i want to talk about i'm glad you asked sam uh, I just read. Oh my god, that was the best glass of water I've ever had in my whole life. Continue. <laughs> it rejuvenated him. You guys, if you turn right to your right, <laughs> Sam will still be at your right. But if you could see him, he's glowing. <laughs> right uh, I've been reading uh, Power Man and Iron Fist. I've been singing that book. It's praises. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Bless you. Just the week of the recording of this podcast, the last Wednesday, they came out with issue seven. I have not read issue seven yet. However, I did read issue six, <laughs> and it was 
amazing mm-hmm. because it's a Civil War II tie-in. Now I know what you're thinking. Tie-ins suck. Yes, they do. Unless they don't derail the book. Usually tie-ins suck because it's like, hey, stop whatever cool thing you were doing and do our thing now. Mm. That's not what's happening here. It starts with uh, Civil War II's going on, which I have not heard good things about. Uh, it's pretty depressing, <laughs> but continue with no. your story. The, it starts with uh, uh, Danny Rand and Luke Cage watching the news of... I believe spoilers. Maybe it might be the battle where Hulk. No, it's the initial. It's the initial battle. It's the inciting incident where I guess again spoilers where War Machine and She Hulk and uh, mm-hmm. and they're just watching it in horror because they're out of it now. It used to be back in um, the early two thousands. Yeah, like like, like when ben, Brian Bennis took over the Avengers, Luke Cage was immediately a part of his initial team, and then. Uh, Iron Fist became a part of it after Civil War. Um, and so they have, like, Luke Cage has a memory of when he and War Machine got into an argument over how they handled the situation and Falcon's trying to break him up. And then he feels bad because they never rectified it. They never, like, quelled their beef. Mm. And then Danny has a memory where he and uh, She-Hulk shared an impassioned moment and they kissed. And they're really, like, heartbroken about it. And they go to Triskelion to talk to Captain Marvel about, like... Um, seeing what's going on and seeing if there's anything they can do to help her because her and War Machine have been a thing recently mm-hmm. and uh, She-Hulk is there critical and it's this really it's what makes those heroes great mm-hmm. is it's really grounded mm-hmm. it's a really like street level like obviously they're they're connected enough that they can go to Triskelion but otherwise they're just like people on, on the street and meanwhile there's a group of vigilantes that are um, taking it to task to old like Z-list level villains like mm-hmm. uh, um, what's one of them's name like uh, Battlecock or something and he's dressed like a chicken mm-hmm. um, and he hasn't been a part of the game in a while like his daughter shows up and, and was like he's been a good citizen for years now and then these people show up and beat him half to death mm-hmm. and so a bunch of these Z-list villains are hiring Dan- Power Man and Iron Fist to try and like protect them mm-hmm. And that's that's to be continued. It's going to be continued in issue six. But it was such a great like. You've got the fun of these really goofy. Like one of the one of the villains is a low level crime boss called the Cockroach, and he has like this hat with like little antenna on it and shit. Mm-hmm. And so it's these fun Z list villains, but dealing with like really human, relatable ways of dealing with this tragedy is it it's just it was it was perfect. I, I love it. I can't recommend that book more, especially if you're excited about Luke. It, much lighter tone than it looks like the Luke Cage series will have. Yeah, <laughs> but it's I. Oh, it's so great. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of tie-ins, I'm reading, keeping up with main Spider-Man, not Amazing Spider-Man, because it mm-hmm. seems a little denser. Yeah, so uh, you're Miles Morales. Miles Morales, um, and his series is really fun because they've been dealing a lot when it comes with uh, race and. Uh, what it mm-hmm. deals, what it's like to be a minority from different points of view yeah. in America, and it's it's really interesting how kind of scared he is to show his have like any of his skin show if he were to get cut. Oh wow! Because there was an issue where he it's actually it's like his first is like first or second issue where he fights like this demon that came from hell, uh-huh. and the Avengers are all basically taken out, but he is able to kind of outmaneuver it, and using his little like shock touch, yeah, he's able to like like take it out for a second uh but like during the battle his skin like his costume gets ripped and people take pictures and they can see that he's a man of color and uh blog a blogger or vlogger picks it up and like she's like so thrilled that there's like a person of color that is being the spider-man now but he's like why are you calling me that like why are you calling me like the black spider-man or whatever it's like no i'm spider-man like i don't understand why you're not just looking at me as spider-man like that's what i am like that's it End end of story, but it yeah. also brings up with uh, what's his friend's name? Gang gang Genki Genki yeah. yeah. Genki also brings up the fact that like he they also get in this fight where which is harder being black in America or being a fat Asian in America, and like they get in like I'm just, so like at least from a, per, a white person's point of view, I'm like yeah. reading it, I'm like I don't know, this is really interesting to me. Yeah. Like I don't know what it means exactly. Like it's and also they become friends with this mutant who outed himself as a mutant. Like yeah. he, this is my name. This is the name I went by as like a code name, but now I want to live a normal life. Like yeah. I thought that it would make it better. And this it the most recent issue is the Civil War tie in. Yeah. It, it was him trying to be like I thought it'd make it better. Like I did but it didn't. Like yeah. people still didn't respect me for being a mutant and now 
I think he might be gay too. His name is yeah. like Fabio. His name is Gold Balls, which he can just make gold appear out of nowhere and disappear, which seems pretty pointless. Yeah, but, I mean, uh, as far as fights go, but like if you want to do know, stuff, so, yeah, like, yeah, you can throw the can ball. You, can he turn the balls in for money? No, I don't know. He just spontaneously make gold. That seems pretty cool. Yeah, he could be a villain very easily with that. <laughs> but um, the but the Civil War tie-in kind of tries to tie it back to the whole like race thing because Tony Stark calls up Spider-Man and it kind of pulls away from everything. Like right now, Miles's mom called in her mom, her grandmother, to come in, and because mm-hmm. she thinks that maybe Miles is Abuelita. up to something bad, and yeah, and her his grandma is fierce and she awesome. hired a private detective and who's a private detective in New York that's very popular. Jessica Jones yep. so and Jessica also Jones. it's being written by Brian Bendis who yes. is the creator of Jessica Jones. Mm-hmm. So smart move. Uh, so she is investigating Miles uh, at school and stuff. And this is the first issue where you actually like see it and yeah. nothing, nothing too big has happened so far but the tie-in seemed very like out and yeah. left field because it tough. was it was talking about how they explain how this inhuman's powers work because Tony took a scan of his brain and they were able to figure out that it's like his powers aren't what it seems. And I don't really want to go into it if I'm going to spoil it for people who want to read Civil War 2 yeah. to figure that out. But he starts describing it more as profiling. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he, that's why he kind of tries to bring it back to Miles. Um, mm-hmm. So he's like, and also Miles is like, are you just trying to bring that up, that topic up to me because I'm black? And he's like, uh, or oh, he's black and he is Hispanic. Hispanic. So it's like, are you just trying to bring that up to me? And like, because of that, he's like, no, but it, it's something that worries me. And uh, like they, it kind of is weird. And then they have this like exchange between Miles's dad and Miles because Miles' dad knows that he is Spider-Man and he's like apparently Miles but the mom does not mom doesn't know and I think she's going to find out in like the next like two issues or something but um my, but the, apparently Miles' dad has been to prison twice for things that he hadn't done, but he just got profiled and he was sent to prison. So like that's how oh, they wow. kind of tried to tie it back in, but it felt so flimsy and whatever. But either but that I just wanted to bring that up because it was a tie into Civil War too. Mm-hmm. But overall, Spider-Man Spider-Man comics are really interesting and really fun. Mm-hmm. Like there was a t- uh, kind of like a tussle she, he had with Black Cat, which almost everyone in the Marvel or the Spider family right now is dealing with Black Cat in some form or another. Uh, even Daredevil is right now. Wow. Um, yeah, uh, but it, the coolest part was that in the Spider-Man run, he is now in the 616 universe, the main yeah. Marvel universe, and when Black Cat caught him and took off his mask, or I don't think he took off his mask, they just tried to do a fingerprint scan and figure out who he is, he doesn't pop up in any database. Interesting. So you're like, so then I was like, wait, what the fuck? Like, yeah. what kind of, the like, the Molecule Man didn't, like, just integrate his, like, whole backstory into this universe he just popped over yeah that doesn't make are they are they dealing with like he knows he's from another universe does he i don't think he does see that's when mm. it gets really weird it's, it's tough it seems like they're pulling like a like a new 52 where it's like some of the stuff came over but some it's like don't don't play those it don't gets play those complicated games. It's yeah not, it doesn't go well yeah like he can no he doesn't he thinks because in the first couple issues of this He's like, I didn't give, uh, he meets Amazing Spider-Man, and he's like, yeah. I didn't give you permission to pick the name Spider-Man, but whatever, like, you have a cooler costume and stuff. But like, they met. Exactly. They met before the... See, that's where it gets confusing, so I don't really know no. what the rules are with yeah. this, but we'll find out pretty soon. But the thing I actually really, really want to talk about, which you guys should all be reading, is Teen Titans Earth 1, Volume 2. Yes. Also Volume 1. Yeah, if you right? haven't read Volume 1, highly recommend Volume 1. And then, if you've read Volume One, Volume Two's out. What's a quick overview of what Earth One, the Earth One series, is? Would you? Earth One is kind of like it's it's classic DC Comics without any of the continuity. It's basically a new universe that's fresh, um, and it they're original graphic novels or OGNs that come out every couple years for each series, and it's just it's just like starting over. Like if you knew what uh, Marvel's Ultimate Universe was, that's kind of like what this is. But it instead feels of like. yeah, instead of ongoing series, it's these original graphic novels. And there's been three Superman Earth ones, two Batman. I think you have three Batman. No, the third one's not out yet. Oh, it's not out yet. Yeah, okay, no, no. I was looking they, at they're, the Wikipedia. They're currently working on it. I cannot wait for it. Batman's my favorite of them. Mm-hmm. Ooh, Wonder Woman now. No, one Wonder Woman and two Teen Titans. Mm. The only not, in my opinion, the only not home run is Superman. Superman. Yeah, the that's... first one's okay. The second two are a little bit rougher. Mm-hmm. 
The first Superman Earth one's worth a read just because it's such a great characterization for Clark Kent. I would like that. That's my Su- favorite part. Yeah. Superman, the characterization of him in Superman mode is a little iffy. Mm-hmm. Very reminiscent of Man of Steel. Mm-hmm. I, I think um, um, one of the one of those like uh, cover quotes is from um, I his name literally just left my brain. Uh, uh, wrote helped write the Dark Knight movies. Chris, uh, oh, is uh, Scott Scott? Um, um, some sh- I. Is it it's, the guy? It's, is it, the, it's, the, it's a guy who's been a, Goyer, David Goyer. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. That's exactly what I was saying. Yeah. Was like, and that was like a year before Man of a year, a year or more before Man of Steel came out. And so I think there was some cross pollinization and inspiration. The, what did I just read? Is in Final Crisis? Do they have that speech? The, no, it's in All Star Superman. I just finished reading that too. They have the I'm speech so for you. from. It was really good. It was very very good. Um, kind of made me cry near the end. But like, That's uh, right. uh, but. <laughs> The speech that Jor-El says to Clark... In the afterlife? In, in the afterlife is the same quote that they use in Man of Steel. Like, they'll stumble, they will fall, but they will try I, to I follow you in I the I don't light. know if I've read it since I've watched Man of Steel. I should it's go the back. Same, it's with a few turns of phrases and different words. It's basically the same thing. Hmm. But I was wanted to say it was Teen Titans. I picked it up because uh, my birthday was on... Uh, Tuesday and that's the same day it was the 16th and that's the same day volume 2 came out I didn't yep. even know it was just like I took the day and I was like you know what I want to read this like yeah. DJ talks up and like all star Superman was good so I'll check out Teen Titans also here's a little plug you should listen to basically anything DJ recommends for a oh, comic thank you I do I'm going to be honest with you we get a lot of tweets where they're like hey Sam thanks for recommending this we read it it's like it's like I've been recommending shit for years mm-hmm. I'm just a little louder sometimes <laughs> <laughs> um but Teen Titans in this world, without getting too much into spoilers, they're all pre-connected. They're not yeah. individual heroes or whatever. Or sidekicks. Or sidekicks. They are all stemming from something yep. uh, that imbues them with their powers. Or not. Like it, it, But basically they all have this really cool connectivity, yeah. which is fun. It makes it feel like a young adult novel instead of it a It really does. Book. That's yeah. a great example. Mm-hmm. And I like the... Because they all actually, I feel like the scene when in Volume One where like Cyborg first like or Vic Stone like first starts to like manifest whatever the hell that I've read that kind of thing in yeah. at least three young adult novels. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but to be fair, this is for those who are like young adult novel. This is like a good yeah. Young adult it, not, novel. I don't mean that in a bad way at all. It's yeah. just it's a very fun take on the Teen Titans. It is, and the other cool thing about the Earth Ones is you can very easily see them. Like I could see them making a Teen Titans movie around this type because they all oh kind of man like, this would be so cool it would be so great and they all because all the earth ones even though i'm 90 percent sure they all i mean it's earth one they all exist on earth one yeah and superman earth one volume two the opening thing has a reference to batman okay there's a newspaper they reference batman the first volume batman earth one but they all kind of exist as if the other ones don't exist and that's kind of cool yeah it it's it's like if you were to take the teen titans idea and just it have it without them being sidekicks without any connective tissue if you were just to generate teen titans all on its own it would look something like this and it's so cool it's just like and also the art is beautiful it reminds mm-hmm. me of kind of there's like a childlike wonderment with this comic that's why it, there's a younger tone even though it deals with some, mm-hmm. some more Dark serious stuff. like their origins are not like even though cyborg and beast boy already have some pretty depressing and starfire yeah. and fuck they actually all have yeah. really depressing ones don't worry now they're all connected in a way yeah but like, they're all connected in uh, a depressing awful way and also if you're a reader of the new 52 teen titans and you're just as depressed as i am by it because it's i'm sorry i have to put my foot down it's bad it's garbage it's really really bad now rebirth's about to happen yeah and i'm staying Hopes hopeful high. because you got wally west you got yeah. wally west coming back now you have wally west you have two wally west yep. on two different titan teams yep. which i'm sorry that sounds pretty fucking cool and also rebirth has been a real shot in the arm for dc yeah like there's i so far i've not heard anybody talk about like a bad book there's some that are not as good as others yeah but there's no ones like New 52 where it's like, oh, this, wow, is, this is rough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I will say, I'll get to another one in a second because I picked up a couple new rebirths yeah. that are, they're like their number ones. Um, but yes, you should check out Teen Titans Earth 1 
volume one and two because they're out now, and I feel like there's they're definitely leading up to a volume three, yeah. um, which I'm very excited about, uh, which would be very cool. Uh, it'd be fun if the creative teams stayed on to just kind of finish it out. Yeah, it was Jeff Lemire's writing it, and mm-hmm. the Dotsons did art for the first volume. I don't know, I don't remember who did art for the second one, but it, it's very similar. Yeah, it's very similar, and I kind of like the volume two art a little bit more. Not that the volume one's bad. It's interesting because it's a um, little bit grittier. A little grittier, yeah. yeah. That's why I like it. Do you have um, a favorite Titan do you have in this new version? Oof. Uh, I do Tempest design. We were talking about this before. Yeah. Has a really cool redesign. Uh, I really like. You're not into Volume Two yet, so mm. I can't. I don't want to say. I'm only. I'm only a little bit. I'm just. I, I just dip my toe. Yeah, into I don't. Volume I, two, yeah. So if I'm sticking with Volume One, no. I, I'd say Beast Boy and Tempest. Even though Starfire is like her design mm-hmm. is pretty cool, and that Raven's part of like the Navajo Nation, and like yeah, it's and all her, Native American. The, her new costume is pretty cool because it's mm-hmm. old school Raven, but it has that Navajo design. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also really they do some really interesting things with Slade Wilson, Deathstroke. Yeah, he's not who mm-hmm. he, he has a history of being yeah. who he was. Also, his costume is a little dorky at first when you see it, but yeah. then you kind of like get into it because like this is the world, like yeah. this is what. He was. Yeah. So, and that's pretty cool. Um, but I did pick up a, two other Rebirth titles because I wanted to know how they'd be Superwoman and Supergirl. Mm-hmm. Supergirl was pretty rough. And because I. At the, I've heard it bites off a little bit more than it can show. Yeah. Because it tries to incorporate all her new, all the stuff that has gone on with her with New 52, which sounds like a real shit show. Okay. And also, she's only been in the New 52 world for a few months based on the verbatim text in this. And she became a Red Lantern. It was during Mm -hmm. like Superman turning into Doomsday and like all that shit. So I'm like, wait, how fast are things moving (laughs) in this world? But like she lost her powers. She gets them back. Spoilers. Obviously you wouldn't have a Supergirl series without that. But, um, and it kind of deals with Phantom Zone type stuff and her dad. Mm -hmm. And her dad in the New 52 is Cyborg Superman. Yep. So, which is cool, even though Hank Henshaw showed up at some point, which so I don't know what he's doing. Is he the Martian man? And I picked up Superwoman, and do you mind if I kind of talk a little bit about issue one? Do it. So, there's not just one Superwoman. Okay, I saw our, our friend of the show, Jason Inman, tweeted out some stuff that I guess they bring back Electric Red Super. Well, bring back, there's Superwoman hasn't existed this way, but like the Electric Red Superman idea. yeah. And <laughs> yeah, yeah, you don't sound on board. No, I mean it's kind of cool seeing two of them. Lois Lane as like Superwoman sounded really cool, and also Lana Lang, who is that—that's who the Red Superman is. That's who. Interesting. Yeah, she's Red Superman. Is there blue? I mean, I guess Superwoman is more blue. No, there's not a blue like. But you know what yeah. I'm talking about. The, yeah. yeah, I read that. Ish. I read that, and that was mm-hmm. a weird. Yeah, that was a weird it's time a weird for time. Superman. <laughs> um, the only, uh, Grant Morrison was forced to deal with that when he was writing Justice League, and he did a really good job with it because I swear to God, you could give that man anything, and you find a way to make it work. Yeah, but otherwise, it's like I get why they did it. It's rough because when he's not in blue mode, he he's human, mm. so it makes him. They've always tried to like quote unquote fix Superman. Anyway, yeah, what, it's, anyway, it's, so you're no, no, I'm, no, yeah. I'm exhausted because like when I read those, when I try to go in and read it, because I read a, a little bit of Grant Morrison when he had Blue Superman on the team, and no. I'm just like, what the fuck is this? No. I don't understand. And like, but so with this, she has super strength, but she doesn't have a lot of the other power. She has a different okay. set where she kind of ha- is in tune with radio waves and th- and the light spectrum and stuff like that. It's a little weird, but basically, like, she's talking with Lex Luthor, Superman. Both of them are. And Lana is more reluctant to use her abilities. And they both stem from when Clark Clark went nuclear and they got hit by his, like, solar energy shit. It's just, it's so great, actually, that Lana's electric Superman, because when Greg Pak did his run, she worked for the electric company. Uh, That was her thing. Like, uh he did such a good job making her, like, a supporting character, not just... The old flame rival for Lois. Like mm. anyway, sorry. Well, like New Fifty Two. New, yeah, in oh, okay. New Fifty Two during the Truth, Greg Pak's run on Truth. Oh, okay, the, okay. when Superman was depowered mm-hmm. and wore that badass T-shirt. Yeah, a badass T-shirt and those that his cape on his knuckles. knuckles. I liked it. I was I was a fan. Anyway, <laughs> uh, and so, but at the end of the issue, spoilers, one of them dies <laughs> but he's, I'm assuming it, it's the one that doesn't show up on the covers. Uh, no. That's that's where I was like, but also the rest of the issue is pretty kind of lame. Wait, hold on. Okay, if I, 
we we get crap sometimes with spoilers. Yeah, but I want to know. I want to. I want to know. It's the first issue, so you can pick it up. I don't know where the rest of the story goes. No. I, I think it's a. Um, I think it's a Bizarro. I think it's like a Bizarro Superwoman or Supergirl like, okay. that showed up, and all of a sudden, kind of like sucks the because they're like a byproduct of that weird storyline with Superman and for the death of Superman. They yeah. made a Solar Man that had Clark's personality in it, mm-hmm. but went crazy and like yeah. so they have those powers, but also they're human, so they can't really. You notice that Lois is having trouble dealing with it, like her body physically, which is kind of another cool little thing about her. But then at the end, she dies. Like, so it's like, yeah. That's crazy. So it's a Lana Lang book. I think she's coming back. I mean, I mean you, you advertise Although Lois they could Lane. Be, they could be setting up because now we've got the Lois Lane from the original Earth that's mm-hmm. married to Clark mm-hmm. and they have a kid. So that might just be clearing. I don't know. I don't know what they're doing with that. They need to figure that it's confusing. out. Because I'm enjoying it, but it's like, what do you... Yeah. I, I guess I'm worried like for new readers, even though that's... New readers can worry about new readers, but like I'm worried about like how if you're just coming into this... Uh-huh. What do you think's happening? Yeah. <laughs> I think they're just seeing Superman it has a kid now. Yeah, but that's I, probably fine. Yeah, but Lana Lang, I like that she's scared. It's like she's no. scared of what she's capable of, and she doesn't really want it, yeah. but she can't get rid of it. So yeah. it's like, and now she's being forced now into other, like in following, like follow-up issues to have to take on whatever this threat is. And I feel like... Lois Lane's gonna come back in like a little bit because the two Superwomen teaming up was really cool. Like That's it was cool. super cool. They stopped a aircraft carrier, nice. which was really cool. Uh, with like the, the like feet, yeah. <laughs> it was like oh cool. But uh, yeah, overall Rebirth's really solid. Um, and yeah, Titans and Flash and Superman and goddamn Jonathan uh, White or John John the mm-hmm. Superman's son is yeah. so damn cool. Yep, it's so cool. But yeah, we just um, got a new issue of that this week. That I- You've not read good. I was about to uh, ask you what you thought about it. Don't worry. I won't say anything. You can go on my. You can read it. I got it. If you would like to read okay. it. Okay. I know you like I, to have the paper. I do. I'm old, dude. I <laughs> I went on a scavenger hunt because I forgot to put on my pull list. I didn't forget. I chose not to at the time. Green Arrow Rebirth number one. Mm-hmm. The, the one shot. The one shot Green Arrow Rebirth. And then I've gotten really into Green Arrow. Mm-hmm. Like the the um. Uh, the ninth circle, the enemy they face, is like a really fun idea for a supervillain group. Mm-hmm. Um, it's with the masks, right? There's in the, I read Rebirth. I read uh, Rebirth, right? They're, they've gone past the masks. They've gone past that. Yeah, okay, they're cool. uh, really gross looking. Um, oh, God. Are they people? Yeah, they're people. <laughs> um, the, the lackeys are called the burned men, if you want to Oh, take yeah. From they're that, are um, like the, are they like the kind of like lava people? Or am I they, mixing mis- They look, because of the way they color, they look like lava people, but they're it's just their skin burnt shit jesus christ but but it's a, basically it's a supervillain bank like if you're if you're a terrorist a supervillain one of the bad guys part of the mob how do you get your money handled how do you save money you put it with a ninth ninth circle mm-hmm. and it's such a great opponent for green arrow to face especially this version of him because he's basically he throws money at problems uh-huh. um green arrow does yeah and this in the with rebirth and everything i loved it and it's like i don't i'm one of those that was like i don't want a second printing green arrow rebirth so yeah. i went like around town trying to find uh a first print and i got it nice. but, but i'm that guy i'm still that guy i don't want to be that guy and digital will help with that because there won't be any second printings like yeah. that won't be a thing anymore but i'm sorry it's okay. <laughs> I'll, you know what evolve or die i'll either evolve or i'll, or I'll die <laughs> i you can always I mean, I, you can always borrow mine if you'd like to read it. Just I got some stuff if you want to. I probably will. If you want mm-hmm. to. But also, guys, just go check out some comics. Like, we're throwing a million things at you. Um, but, yeah, well, the big thing we wanted to talk about today, we just got out of the movie theater. Literally just got out. Forewarning. Typically, we normally have your guys' responses, but we're recording this. Lit- like, you could not have seen the movie and tweeted us your response and it just wouldn't, it couldn't have happened. Yeah. Unless you're, no, you couldn't have. Yeah. And I just don't think this is a movie. You'd be like, yeah, let's <laughs> hear your thoughts on this. Yeah. Like, but we went and saw <laughs> Kubo and the two strings. Um, and it was, well, we're about to get into how we no, thought about it. So we're going to do our typical spoiler free and then spoiler. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but spoiler free. I liked it. I liked it a lot. I liked it a lot too. Do, would you say you loved it? I would say I loved it. Mm-hmm. I, I think I liked it a lot then. I, okay. cause I, it's There's something about it that 
didn't quite click. I think it's kind of what what is the company, name of the company that makes these movies? Leica. Leica. Uh, they they are be- this movie is beautiful. Gorgeous. I have to say that, and it, it's nothing uh, to knock the animation or the voice acting skills or no. the music or and I don't know how they did a lot of the things in this. They do mm-hmm. show for a second. At the when you watch the the, say through a little bit of the credits and you can see how they do one of the bigger scale models and it's it's insane. But and you look at it and you're like, I still don't know. I see because they're like speeding it up so you can watch it in real time for the model to move. I don't fucking know what how'd you do that, but um, or how you even imagine that? Like um, but there was something about the story that that didn't quite click with me, and I don't know. I couldn't really put my finger on it and I'm trying to and, and you're I, saying that's a that's a normal experience for you in like a movies yes at yeah. least with because Paranorman I got like halfway through and like I, I fell asleep and I just never wanted to revisit yeah and I did watch all of Box Trolls because I was sick and mm. it didn't quite ugh, it just didn't quite gel with me normally I uh, saw Paranorman I haven't right. seen Box Trolls and I haven't seen Coraline Coraline has scared the shit out of me for a long well, time. Well, when I got my tickets, I got a free copy of Coraline. So, nice. uh, <laughs> um, but normally with Paranormal, I felt the same way. There was a lot to like. It was gorgeous, but it was a little slow, and it didn't quite like click. I think Frankenweenie came out that you're also stop motion, and I like Frankenweenie a lot more. Like I wanted that, to see Frankenweenie really bad. I highly recommend it. It's <laughs> really fun. This was almost exactly what i wanted from this movie there's a few things when we get in the spoiler area there's a few nits to pick for me yeah i think that maybe that's what i think i only have like little tiny things that kind of bug me but yeah but i don't want to get too far into it but no this movie i've never seen anything like this before no Mm -mm. no never uh stop motion animation gorgeous i love have you seen fantastic mr fox Yes. Yeah, that's just, really cool too. When 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 you're doing that stop motion right, it's just it's it's this great bridge between animation and physical and tangible and like, almost like live action. Uh-huh. It's this, it's really special. Yeah, and it's like there's a part of it that like when I watch an, a computer animated movie, yeah. I kind of get more taken away with the story. Mm-hmm. And that's not a, a knock on the writers or the performance whatsoever, but it's when you watch for when I watch a stop motion movie like this, and especially from Leica and mm-hmm. like Waltz and Grauman and yeah. stuff like that, I can see, I feel like I see the actors more in the performance. And that's not a negative thing. Just more that I get to, I feel more like a human element, kind of what yeah. you're saying, is it feels more human than yeah. an animated movie where you can kind of like get in touch with the cartoons and yeah. whatnot. But uh, I definitely recommend this movie. Right now, top critics and all critics on Rotten Tomatoes have it a 94% Certified Fresh, which is awesome. And everybody just reading a few reviews, just right off the top, Real Views says, Kubo and the Two Strings is a magical motion picture in every sense of the word. I cannot agree more. Despite a traditional seeming quest for a suit of armor and a sword, spoilers, uh, the (laughs) film's intrinsic intrinsic message is all about transformative powers of music and love. It's a movie the whole family can rock out to. Man, I wish I... Read ahead, but as a little lame, New York Post said mm-hmm. that one. But it's it's positive. It would be probably very hard to find some negative or truly yeah. negative reviews of yeah. this movie because it's so great. But any last thoughts before we get into spoiler free? What would you? What score would you give it? Eight point nine out of ten. I would give it a, like a solid nine, like an A. Yeah. Is maybe an A is like a nine point five. Okay, maybe an A A minus to A, like really want to. I, I wish I went and had the feeling I had watching this movie with more movies I saw. Just like, I love it. Mm-hmm. So 9, 9.5, love. Really good. All right. Spoiler territory. Let's go ahead and kick it off with the things that we loved. I don't know how they made a lot of these set pieces. Really? You know what? What The one that really stood out to me? Mm-hmm. The water. The water. There's I think a, that's there's real a water. long sequence where they're on the, on the water. It would have had to have been. Yeah. That's a good point. But it was one of those that like, I don't... I don't know. Um, <laughs> the use of um, the origami is a big part of the story. Mm-hmm. The use of origami as a storytelling technique and as a design mm-hmm. mechanic, really great. Yeah. I, I also, how the fuck did he do all that? Like, I don't know. 
yeah. did that. I don't know. I don't know why I'm whispering. I don't. Know. <laughs> I don't get that. But um, uh, the bigger set pieces are what blew me away. And it's not like the the skeleton fight or the eyes or anything because I can see that. The fight scenes were really cool. They were really cool really and a lot of the really action. Exciting. Yeah, because they yeah it, the fluidity of mm-hmm. especially the fight on the ocean between the monkey and one of the sisters. Yep. And the just the jumping back and forth and the flying with the swords and yep. the claw chain thing. But when you would, the water scene where they're putting the lanterns on the water in the beginning and they pan mm-hmm. up to the sunset and you're just seeing the scale of the trees with the sun. And when you're in the snow banks and you see how large some things are compared yeah. to Kobu and the monkey. Scale, yeah. And just, yeah, the scale. And I think the one that, the one that like I couldn't believe is when it was during their quest to get to the final, the, the, what they thought was the final where the yeah. helmet was being kept. Yeah. The they pan out to just an open forest, yeah, and like there's mountains in the background and everything, but it's not like like where you can in, in animation you can see layers of where things are animated. That way, yeah. it can add some depth depth to the scene. This looks like a fully like built out like nature scene. And if you talk about the end credits, when we see that that the it's it, they show you how they make the giant skeleton monster. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like it's it's bigger than a person. Yeah, it's, and it's so huge. They might have used like who knows how big that quote unquote set was. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but uh, the scale of this movie is beautiful. The use of, of paper, uh, mm-hmm. but of origami in this was also incredible. Like I think that's my favorite scenes were when when Kobu would use his like magical powers to it's, make yeah um, little figures and, and that's stuff. what they would use instead of like flashbacks how they would tell backstory and yes, stuff like that, that. Was, so was so cool cra- and i think that's one of the things especially in the early parts of the movie there's not a, like they always find the most creative way to do something it's like you first see kubo with his mom the opening was really cool like his grandfather took his eye and that and that wasn't what the that wasn't the least of it or something like that is the way you phrase it. And that wasn't it. the least of it because yeah. they bring that back around. Yeah, later. and then, so then it's him and his mom in this tiny cave and you're like, okay. And then they show where the cave is on this crazy cliff. Yeah. And then they show the town. And so it's like, that's neat. And then later when they need to hide, in most movies they'd go to another cave. And this one they're inside a giant dead whale. Mm-hmm. Uh, the way they use, like, he, he his mom helps him escape by, act, quote unquote, I, I, I'm going to say activate, but whatever, activating like the beetle uh, design on the back of his suit. That was like one of the biggest surprises. Yeah, right? and, and just so many really fun, like when they're in the snow and there's that statue covered, the the, the uh, skeleton cave, mm-hmm. uh, the monster underwater and the whole, like so many like, you could really feel the writers and the creators like, what's the craziest, most fun, most creative thing we could do in this scene? Let's do that. Mm-hmm. I was super impressed by the mo, mo, no, all of the voice acting was very good. Yeah, the, but there was one that pulled me out of it, and I don't think it's it's not the voice actor's fault. It's more of the character that just didn't gel with me. It was mm. the cockroach beetle samurai beetle. man yeah. who turned out to be his, we're in spoilers, his dad, and yeah. I just um. He and I, it, it's not his fault. It's just I don't you think hate I Matthew McConaughey. There is, I think yes. that's wherein lies the problem. But no, it's um. There's something about him that didn't gel with me in this movie. And orig- initially, his like the idea of his character was cool, but the more they used him, the more I became fif- like iffy, iffy. I was, gonna, it, I was trying to iffy, say fifty fifty, iffy, 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 and yeah. so I said iffy, good, um, iffy fifty, iffy fifty. Uh, but it, by the end of it, by like the end of his story, yeah, I enjoyed him and yeah. I really liked it. Uh, I loved his mom and I loved the monkey. The monkey, the monkey is so cool. The design is cool. The and the facial use of them, expressions. Yeah. Is so Speaking cool. of facial expressions, the old woman in the in the town, yeah. she has like such an expressive face and her laughter and everything. And one thing I love about stop motion and something you can really see in Fantastic and Mr. Fox too, but like you can almost see the fingerprints of the people making it, and mm. so it's this almost like. It's a very tangible thing, and especially in a story like this, where it's about people telling stories and creating things, it adds it adds this extra dimension to it that I, really means a lot to me. Yeah, right. That's okay. That's what I mean. Is that like you can see the humans in it, yeah. like really trying their damnedest mm-hmm. to make this a good product. Like, yeah. and not just that; it's a piece of art. This movie really is definitely is. art. And we were talking about like what movies would be when it comes to animation Oscars. Which would win? I, I still feel that Finding Dory would win over it, mainly because Disney mm-hmm. um, and Pixar, definitely. But uh, 
if for, for some reason, and it's impossible, it didn't win, this would definitely win. Or this definitely deserves a nomination. I don't remember what was up when Fantastic Mr. Fox was up for it. But it was some, like... Oh, you know what? I don't know if Disney had a movie out. I don't know. I don't know what won, but it was one of those bullshit fucking Fantastic <laughs> Fox should have won. You know what right. I mean? And this is one of those, it's like, how do you not... This is so special. It's so unique. Mm-hmm. Like, Finding Dory's a sequel. It is. You, I guarantee you, you gave him the it? Oscar. I guarantee you gave him the Oscar to Finding Nemo. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen it yet, unfortunately. I, I would love to. I'm, I'm probably going to love the movie. I like Finding Nemo a lot. Pixar mm-hmm. rarely, unless it's a Cars movie, rarely does wrong, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I'm probably going to love it, but like... Did this you is seen so... Good Dinosaur? I have not seen no, Good Dinosaur. God, please, for the love of God. If you didn't like Cars movies, you will fucking <laughs> despise that movie. Okay. Um, Inside Out was good, though. Inside Out was really good. It was really good. Yes, it's anyway, uh the only things that kind of took me out of it were the it's so creative in the beginning, kind of when it gets into the final stretch and the final confrontation. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like your typical animated movie, mm-hmm. um, even though it's beautiful. The it's way beautiful, it's and it's the kind of the final battle. But it's almost like the movie knows that the final battle is not really what you want. Mm-hmm. And so when he ends up taking this, the titular two strings off of his wrist and fixes his guitar and uses that, it's like, yeah, that's more what I wanted, you know? Mm-hmm. And also, props to the movie for not backing down and, like, magically bringing the parents back. Yeah. They're it's gone. Still, it's still rough. But yeah. he... Do you grand, pointed out he that his grandpa back? I guess he does. Man, he's got to like learn to love him, which yeah. is adult. I get because yeah. he's a being that doesn't understand humanity. He does. Yeah. He just doesn't like unless there's some other mythology that I don't understand. But based on what they the, the rules that they set for this is yeah. that he they've been he's been the moon. Like yeah. he is the embodiment of the moon, yep. and now he's a human being who just doesn't have any memory. So. I don't know. I'd still kind of hate my grandpa. Which, which great touch about how the moon is so full for the whole movie until the grandpa's made mortal and then it's a crescent moon. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the other thing is I wish there's some moments that were a little too on the nose. Mm-hmm. Like um, it, it ends up becoming there, there's a cool relationship between monkey and beetle mm-hmm. that ends up becoming they're literally I guess the reincarnation or they're, they're literally his mom and dad. Yeah. And I thought it would have worked better if they just metaphorically functioned as mom and dad and they were just a monkey and a beetle man. Mm. I thought that would have been more engaging. I mean, you can kind of see it coming a little bit. Well, that's the kind of the problem is, is it's, it's a little too obvious. Mm-hmm. It would have been worked better if it's like, he's now got a mom and dad relationship with these new people. And I guess also it just, I would love to see more adventures of Kubo with Monkey and Beetle. Like that is such their dynamic. When mm-hmm. when it's the three of them, the movie is so great. Mm-hmm. They yes, and I like when, especially when they're having the dinner scene, and you learn the yeah. origins. I and you're right. I just didn't like the re- the way the reveal of the mom was handled. I both reveals just really didn't gel with me a yeah. little bit. I don't know, maybe... No, I wasn't in a good mood when I went and saw this movie, so it's not that. And, like, um, no one's kicking my seat, no, yeah. so I wasn't uh, ruining it like Ghostbusters. But, like, it's something about the reveal of, like, being his mom. I guess it's better than the depressing thought of his mom just completely dying and his, his, uh, no. and his village being completely destroyed in just a flash. Yeah. It almost made it unbelievable. For a second, I thought it was like, going to be a dream, like or something, or because he's like some mystical like being or something. Mm-hmm. And there are like dream sequences in this. I couldn't tell yeah. where the line was. The gonna dream be drawn. sequence with the grandpa was really cool, mm-hmm. which you kind of knew immediately because he's got a crescent moon on his chest, and, you're and like, he's blind. And he's and blind. They, they yeah, talked about how uh, he took his grandson's eye because yeah. he wants his grandson to not see like him. Mm-hmm. Because he can see, I guess, but yeah. he just can't see Daredevil style, stick Dare- style, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the end, he I, I feel like he has Kobu's eye. It's the same color no, as it is. Kobu's eye. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. um, I don't know where he was keeping it prior to that. No, you know, it's magic in the moon. He's yeah. keeping it on the moon. <laughs> what did you think about his, like, final bug dragon form? Very different than what I expected it to yeah. be. Uh, and I love the animation to see it, how it worked. Like, its tail was its hand and everything yeah. like that. And it throws Kobu and just the final, like, the villagers all coming together. And especially, oh, the transformation from the lanterns to their ancestors or like yeah, the, the really loved cool. ones they lost was very cool and, and i love how supportive the village was of them of yeah. and, and like help like helping them create their now they get an opportunity to tell stories as well mm-hmm. the only other thing that kind of stood out to me was this is very uh uh oriental culture asian culture influenced film mm-hmm. and pretty much all the major voice actors are white people 
Uh, yes, as I'm looking at this right now. Yes. Yeah, and that's mm. a little like it, I I understand enough of the idea of selling movies that if you want although it's always seemed ridiculous to me that you need names on an animated movie Did it's you, just their voices you need voice actor like you just need really good voice actors yeah but if they, let's say they do sell the movie having matthew mcconaughey and charlie's theron will help sell your movie and they both did a really good job mm-hmm. it's just if you're celebrating the culture like get people that are part of that culture i think personally mm-hmm. i I agree. I mean, like, I get why you would put, like, a name, especially on something that's like this, because it's still, mm. uh, what's the name of the company again? Cause I'm Leica. Like, I don't know Leica. where they get, this had to cost so much money, I don't know where they get the resources to make this movie. I don't know either. I think maybe donations from, like, I don't know. I don't, I really don't know. Hopefully everyone's getting paid a good amount of money, because yeah. I heard everything that happened with Sausage Party, where they came out, the animators said, like, they were overworked, and, yeah. like, That happens a lot paid. with CG animation. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it's like there, but I hope you're right. Just because you don't, you don't hear stories of like this like a movie made all the money in the world you know what i mean yeah. and so it's like I, it's and then a, they get bigger and bigger so it's like time. damn maybe it gets easier with 3d printing like maybe like i don't know house I mean, seems cheating a little bit but you saw you saw that giant animatronic skull monster thing that yeah, they made i don't know if that's so easier cool. yeah um but yeah i don't it, it is a little disappointing it's, it's very disappointing that they're all white actors and like Honestly, when you're watching the movie, I recognized Matthew McConaughey's voice mm-hmm. uh, immediately, but I didn't recognize uh, Rooney Mara or Art Parkin- Parkinson, who plays Kobu, mm-hmm. uh, Kubo, Kobu, uh, I'm sorry, uh, uh, Ray Fiennes didn't, yeah. yeah, I didn't, that didn't click with me, especially Charlize Theron, who's in there for a majority of the movie. Yep. Also, her voice just doesn't stand out to me. Her voice kind of blends into just a generic kind of female voice a little bit. Not that I don't love her, not that she's not talented, just her voice blends in with me kind of how Mark Wahlberg and Matt Damon are basically the same person in my brain. So Yeah, right. Yeah, they they for a long time I couldn't tell which one was which. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. And there was another there was another actor or two like sets of actors. Was it? It was like Jessica Biel and somebody else. I don't know. But um I highly recommend that you guys see this movie because I think it deserves same. I think it deserves attention. Uh, I think it deserves a lot of attention because just of the craftsmanship, the performances, the script. I mean, like that might, yeah. we might be able to like nitpick it, but overall, it's a pretty damn solid. Script. It is a solid movie. I, you know, one, one thing I really liked is how it paced out its information. Like you have your your opening where you see the mother shipwrecked with Kobu. Mm-hmm. You have then you flash forward and you see he wakes up with the papers thrown about, and then he goes to the town and you see that he has magic paper folding abilities and man that scene was so cool it's so cool and how he captivates the whole i love his like relationship with the town because yeah. they're like oh shit yeah he's gonna tell stories they're so yeah. excited about mm-hmm. it and then um and then you find out that the paper is thrown about because of his mom dreaming so you understand that he got his whatever his abilities are he got them from his mom and it just expertly like especially in those early stages like parses out that information in a really engaging way okay I, this is something i do not know and i maybe i missed it because no i just don't understand um why is the mom kind of catatonic in the beginning parts of the movie i assumed it was something like ptsd like tragedy type like she just has having trouble dealing with all the loss that she's faced she only like activates when the sun goes down when like her sisters are like the stars i'm guessing Maybe I don't know. I really like the design of the sisters. The sisters with the masks and everything. So creepy. Very reminiscent of different company, but very reminiscent of Nightmare Before Christmas. Just mm-hmm, like the mm-hmm. designs and how they moved. Obviously, way smoother than Jack Skellington, but yeah, mm, they were very cool. But I, that's what I think has happened because she didn't say Kobu like until or she didn't freak out until the sun went down. Yeah, yeah. But then she also kind of deactivated in the middle of the night. Thing. Yeah. And he had to, like, kind of force feed her so she'd eat. I don't know. That, that's the part that was a little confusing, but it also didn't bug me that much because mm-hmm. she immediately, like, transformed into a monkey that could... Yeah, so cool. was, The ninja yeah. fighting monkey. Mm-hmm. The beetle... I, yeah, I, I... The beetle's movement was really cool. It was cool. really cool. Mm-hmm. And I kind of liked it. In, it was they, they kind of fell into basic mom and dad roles. Mm-hmm. Um, Wait, where the fuck did the beetle go? When, remember when he jumped in the water? I know he has memory problems, but yeah, like, he, he was gone he was for like an the, hour. He was hunting that one fish, uh-huh. I guess. Uh-huh. Right? That that part was like, oh, okay. No. All right. 
It would have been interesting if the traps that they had to deal with were of a metaphorical lesson nature. Mm-hmm. But they were still fun and interesting and dynamic. I don't even know what that creature, like the underwater sarlacc with the eyes was. Yeah, that was, but that looked really looked cool. looked so cool. And um, and it also helped that the beetle guy didn't really have a memory, so. Yeah. Beetle dad. Beetle dad. Beetle dad and monkey mom. Beetle Borgs. You remember Beetle Borgs? I do remember Beetle Borgs. You want to, okay, a little name drop. My babysitter when I was a kid was one of the Beetleborgs. No, yeah. which one, one of the original ones? One of the, I mean, I don't remember. Were there other ones? I don't know. I guess I, I put, were the original ones. <laughs> I, for some reason, I put like Power Rangers on it. Where every season they like big regenerate. bag Beetleborg. I remember I watched it when they were like red, blue, and green. Right, that uh-huh. was their initial thing, and then they got like gold, platinum, and silver. Like they upgraded. I think so. Oh yeah. Okay. So they had a they had Beetle the big bad Beetleborgs nineteen ninety six. Beetleborgs Metallics, nineteen ninety seven, and then Curse of the Shadow Borg, nineteen ninety seven, and oh yeah, they're like led by a vampire. I know we're getting off track with this, but like yeah, remember the I vamp- don't remember, remember like the, them being le- the vampire? Wow, yeah, big How bad did that Maybe that was the Shadow Borg, but um, anyways, yeah, uh, Herbie Baez, he is he doesn't have a picture in his IMDb, but yeah, he was my babysitter when I was a kid. That's crazy. Yeah, because he was like, yeah, do you guys want to watch the show I'm on? And we watched it, and I was like, oh, cool. Like, But like I also didn't mean it, as much. Was he on it currently when he was? How old was I? Yeah, maybe because I was really, really young. It was like 1996, yeah, 1996 1997. Jeez. Yeah. No, he like I lived down my a, street. I guess being a Beetleborg didn't pay that much. No, it did not. <laughs> yeah, you could not really drop Beetleborg down at a audition and be like, okay. That was part of the old, the craze, because that stuff was, the I think it's called the Super Sentai genre was blowing up in japan but like power rangers took off here hardcore but then you had beetleborgs and then i think it was vr rangers i don't remember that one and then the original one was the masked rider i want to say he was even around before power rangers oh the masked rider he wasn't around over here he was around in japan Mm -hmm. prior to that okay hold on the masked rider yeah i want to look it up it's it's kamen rider in japan kamen rider i don't see it i see the Master Rider, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Crossover, yeah. They crossed that over. Dude, did you know they did a, a Power Rangers Ninja Turtles crossover? Like on TV? Yeah, because Saban did a live action Ninja Turtle show, which was not well received. It, oh, he did a they, show? Yeah, they introduced a female turtle, Venus, Oof. who was from another dimension. Oof. All right, uh, let's see. Venus, I want to look at this. Everyone, take so, out your phones. <laughs> you. uh, Venus, the teenage. That's what we should have them do Like at the beginning of each podcast. Take out your phones. Take out your phones. Oh, wow. Why she has... Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. She has like a braid and... she. Yeah. Why? Yeah. She's from like an alternate dimension. This is Cayman Rider. Oh, okay, okay. Everybody at home, take out your phones. Okay, did you see what he showed you guys? It's K-A-M-E-N. Yeah, live action. All right. I mean, good for them to try to make a female turtle, like, right? Yeah, I guess. Yeah, it just didn't, wasn't... Yeah, and like, Shredder wasn't well. the bad guy. Who was the bad guy? Somebody at home, tell me, remind me who the bad, bad guy, guy was. <laughs> yeah, but so Saban was making it, so they had the Power Rangers fight the Ninja Turtles. Uh-huh. Wait, who won? I, Neither I of them. <laughs> I, I know who lost. The audience. <laughs> Uh, but uh, speaking of uh, the uh, yes, Kobu, yeah. Kobu <laughs> uh, you and should the two strings. You should go check it out, um, man. I want to rewatch Ninja Turtle movies because the first one loved. Second one's one really good. Second one I loved as a kid, and I probably will not love as an adult. But man, did I love it way more. Super as a Shredder, kid. Super Shredder, but only there for like a second. But Super yeah, only Shredder there for was a there. second, and they just dropped a dock on him. Yeah, which I mean, that will take you out. That will take guess you so, out. But yeah. like, it's so anticlimactic. But and you have not Bebop and Rocksteady. Yeah, the yeah. Uh, Taka and Razor. Yeah, the that was the other crazy thing is those turtles could not beat Shredder. For their life. Mm-mm. Like the first movie, Splinter had to come in and kick his ass. And then the second movie, they, he had, they had to trick him into knocking the dock on himself. Uh-huh. Oh, wait. And then, do you remember the weird flashback scene in the first movie where Shredder's just a rat in a cage and like takes out Splinter? Splinter. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, that was really, that did was you, weird for just me as a kid. <laughs> did you see the third one? Yeah. Where they go back I in time? the third one. You know what would have made that fucking work? Huh? Uh, they, uh, uh, it was on TV the other day. We talked about it with Steve. It's like, ooh, what's kid's favorite time period? <laughs> Feudal Japan. Ooh. <laughs> it is cool. You yeah. got ninjas and no, samurais and shit. The, the, the concept is funny <laughs> and it makes complete sense for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, but a time travel thing. <laughs> and if you sent like normal people back there, they're like, um... <laughs> Okay, like, <laughs> but you know what would have would have made that fucking movie work hmm. is if it was the they went back in time to see the origins of the Foot Clan, That'd be and cool. you saw like Proto Shredder, like centuries ago, like the 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 
the tradition that would end up becoming the shredder that we know like this is his great 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 grandfather mm-hmm. that would have made that movie otherwise it's just, it's literally just the ninja turtles back in time and it's like what's and they fight like an evil something something samurai yeah, i don't know like, but like and, i love the movie and a then kid. a bunch of the a bunch of those samurais come to the present and casey jones just stuck babysitting them yeah and april and yeah they're no, all april went back in time with them oh who was stuck was splinter stuck in the present yeah oh, okay because i was like there was a team of people that yeah. were like watching all the samurais <laughs> that couldn't they got stuck in the present and also when they teleported like the, sh- the sh- they got like a weird shell on them that was like made out of like white fabric like it looked different yeah. it, like it like it looked like a tur- it was man those movies are tell us movies are fantastic rough. they're so good that first ninja turtle movie is really good is real good mm-hmm. i have not watched the nickelodeon ones that have come out though the nickelodeon movie the movies i haven't seen the second one I want to bebop and rock steady. That that almost that alone and finding out Krang was in it, that alone almost got me in You know that's the seat. only reason they did it. Because even one of the trailers I saw where it was like everything a fan wants. Mm-hmm. Like they said it in there and like it was like like rock and roll and like heavy in there because they showed everybody they were showing it was like Casey Jones, Krang, you got uh, me. Bebop, Rocksteady. Okay. Yeah. Got, and also Steve Arrow as Casey Jones. Like that was that almost got me you got me thinking now because that first team in T there's the action sequence where they're escaping a lab that is really cool. Uh-huh. Anything with the origin and setting up is dog shit. Why did none they of it makes it? any sense? I don't know, but isn't it, it like got me, you got me thinking? I've been I've been really trying to like I I really don't understand why the response to Suicide Squad has been so violent. Yeah, and so now you've got me wondering with how bad that first Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles was. I want to check its rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, wait, no, I got Rotten Tomatoes up right oh, yeah, now. yeah, you got it Let's right see, now. yeah. All right, Teenage, it was Teenage uh, Mutant Ninja Turtles. It was a full thing because there was a yeah. TMNT movie, yeah. which I liked. The one, the animated one? The animated that one. That was really cool. they had we monsters had... from another like, dimension. dimension yeah. and you had Raph fighting Leo. Yeah. Wow. What is it? This is... Uh, Oh, this is out of the shower showers. Out of the showers. No, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles twenty fourteen. Yeah, twenty two percent. It got the same rating as Suicide Squad. Mm-hmm. Oh sh- no, it didn't. Okay, hold Top on. Top critics gave it nine percent. Okay, all right. Well, then maybe things are maybe things do even out. And the then, universe like, makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> the universe still sort of makes sense. Yeah, and then Out of the Shadows got a thirty eight percent because I okay. I heard it was better, but still had problems. But Top critics gave it a twenty eight. It's still better. That's a that's a huge improvement over nine. Yeah, huge improvement. And Suicide Squad is solid. 26% from all, and top critics gave it a 19. Seven, 19. 19. That seems uncalled Extreme. for. It's fine. It's mm. not great. It's, it's not like, winning any awards. Anyway, yeah. you know what should win awards? Kubo and the two strings. It should, and I, God damn it, I really hope it does. Uh, but uh, what's actually just for a question, just because uh, nailed it, mm-hmm. a little transition. Yeah. And my question, have you seen Nightmare Before Christmas? Yes. Oh, thank God. Amazing. Sorry, it's shocking how many people have not seen that movie. It's great. It took me a long time to see it. My parents were not a fan. When I was a kid, they saw the ad where the girl pulls the shrunken head out of the present, uh-huh. and they were like, "No, son, we're not having it." <laughs> so it wasn't until adulthood that I saw it, and it's like it's amazing, and the music's so good. And you should also check out Nightmare Revisited, where a bunch of it's like it came on two thousand five. So all the most popular bands at the time in two thousand five, like Uh-oh. All American Rejects oh, and yeah. Plain White Tees, or maybe it's later, like two thousand nine. But anyways, they they remaster the entire soundtrack, even the orchestral parts. But Corn does Making Christmas. <laughs> Um, I think they do that, or they do Sandy Claus or Oogie uh, Boogie or something. But the biggest, the most, the most popular one is Marilyn Manson does "This Is Halloween," and that That's one's cool. very scary. It's very I good. Would imagine. Yeah, I there's didn't like a come out of that because there was the there was Nightmare Before Christmas and then Corpse Bride and then Coraline which I understood was connected like it was the same directors because Tim Burton didn't direct, he directed Corpse Bride but he did not direct Nightmare Before Christmas yes which I never understood why he didn't direct that because it was his whole it was his, his like idea baby, yeah. yeah have you seen his hand drawn sketches and they're very cool they're so cool mm. uh, but uh so I, I guess the same director going over to Leica. It's the same, there's so it shares some genetic material with Nightmare Before Christmas fun fact uh, in the town I grew up in it's where Art Center 
uh, or CalArts, sorry, that's where CalArts is. And that's where Tim Burton went, and that's where all the Pixar people no. went. That's where basically all of Disney, it's a Disney school. Uh, Roy Disney, Disney, Walt Disney's brother, founded the school. Nice. And it has a connection to the Disney Center that's downtown. They have like exhibits for both things that happen at both facilities in that's both cool. of the facilities. So they switch off. But when Tim Burton went there, he got like antsy like a creative person does. And so he t- uh, unscrewed his door to his dorm mm-hmm. and went to the wood shop and turned it into like a Tim Burton-esque like artistic door and put it back on and they loved it so much that it's still there and you can have Tim Burton's door that's with the door cool. he made. At least that's what that's what everyone says in the town I grew up in. Yeah. So I've never like snuck into the <laughs> college to go like look through all the dorms to find it. That seems very weird creepy. and yeah. creepy. But um, we're gonna do a road trip. We're gonna do a road Only trip. Stupid answers road trip. Ten twenty minutes down the road. <laughs> oh yeah, we'll record the whole. We won't <laughs> cut. We'll just. We'll just get in the car and you can hear on the Has anybody ever starting. done that for a podcast? Like, where they record while they're driving someplace? I've heard a podcast doing that. Oh, damn I've, it, I thought yeah. we'd be the first. Nah, I'm sorry. It's we okay. can try it. We can try it. We can do an episode on the road. We'll be the first one to do it in space. On the road to... There we go. On the road to space. In space, no one can hear you <laughs> do podcasts. podcasts. <laughs> that's, the, that's the slogan for this show. Mm-hmm. Is that in a good space, slogan? And nobody can hear you podcast. DJ. Yeah, that's me. Hi. Hi. <laughs> Welcome to Only yeah. Stupid Answers. Where, <laughs> where can they find you? You can find me at DJ Talks Trash on Twitter and YouTube and Instagram. I put up videos every Friday. Mm-hmm. Sam. Hi. Hi. Uh, <laughs> where can you, they find you? You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, at Sam Basher. You can find me on YouTube. You can watch some of my stuff that I've done a while ago. Or you can, you can, uh-huh. you can find me. I got nervous when he listens. But um, guys, thank you so much for listening to Only Stupid Answers. We love that you guys listen and support us so much, especially when you tweet us stuff using the hashtag. No, no just we, don't we, use the hashtag. Huh? Just tweet us uh, at Only Stupid Answers, but take out the vowels from stupid. Mm-hmm. Easy peasy. But we're also on Facebook. You can go like us there because we post the podcast there. Also, Instagram where we do little teases, post little yes. teases of what we're going to talk about on the episodes before the episodes actually come out. So if you want to get your ear to the ground when it comes yes. to things like this, go ahead and follow us on all those social media platforms. You won't be disappointed. And make sure you rate and review on iTunes and yes. comment on our SoundClouds because I like going through those when I'm on the toilet. Previously mm-hmm. mentioned toilet. Um, and also, there's more that I there was going to say. If you were to, if I were to go somewhere with this, DJ, what I was going to say. <laughs> uh, I don't know. You hit uh, rate and review, uh-huh. or comment, tweet us. Mm-hmm. Thanks. Well, and we, we love you. And we love you. And we love you. And oh. uh, we appreciate you guys. And your haircut, it looks really good. Thanks, guys, for commenting on my haircut. And uh, <laughs> But thank you so much for listening. And we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.